Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. I'm Lorraine Ball. And I'm Allison Carter. What up? <laughs> okay, so you can say what up, sort of. It was for dramatic effect, but why don't we tell them why Why I chose that particular salutation. Allison and I were having a conversation about voice earlier today, and I was talking about the fact that some people... Um, can say what up or dude and say it in a way that makes sense and fits not only face to face but also in writing. And I had to tell Lorraine as nicely as I ever tell Lorraine anything that she was not one of the people who could get away with the dudes and the what ups and the whats. Just doesn't work. She tries, sounds like somebody's mom trying to show she's still cool and with it. Yeah, whatever. Now the whatever I can do. That's the language of your people. That is the language of my people. But let's back it up just a little bit. We are going to talk today about voice. And I guess I want to frame the conversation this way. I have a good ear. Um, I have this weird little skill where if I've spoken to you on the phone before, I actually will recognize your voice. Customers think it's because we have caller ID on our phones, but we don't. I can just usually recognize a voice by the tone, the rhythm, and the choice of words that someone uses. I think the same is true for someone's writing. Uh, the same is absolutely true of someone's writing. I can usually tell when Lorraine goes in and edits someone else's blog post, I can almost immediately tell, not just from the grammatical mistakes, but from the words that she chooses, which parts that she's edited. Um, someone's voice in writing is like their fingerprint, and a good voice is worth its weight in gold. And this is something I think that a lot of companies, um, some companies wrestle with and others blindly enter the world of content marketing and social media without a lot of consideration for voice. Um, and I think I kind of want to start, why does it matter? Why, if you're putting stuff out there, why think about, talk about, and focus on your voice before you get started? Well, you know, you started this conversation with a discussion of, of, of vocal voices, of our, of our speaking voices, how does it influence what you think I am saying if I speak like this, if I do my Spock from Star Trek imitation, versus maybe if someone was using that southern accent, putting that on, and I'm not even going to attempt a New York accent. Yeah, no, I'll do that just for, for color. So even if the words that you're saying aren't all that different, the manner in which you choose to say them, the tone of your voice, the way that you pronounce the words those all affect it. Now, of course, you can't hear writing, usually, in its purest form, but everything about the way that you write, from the punctuation you use, are you using a dash, or are you using a colon, or are you using a comma? What are you using? How are your pauses arranged? How long are your sentences? How short are your sentences? All the way down to what words are used, that diction part of it, that a lot of people think makes up all of voice, but it's only one small part of it. It all comes together, the rhythm of your writing, the form of it, and that's everything that forms voice. And for companies that are trying to build brand and establish a personality and an identity in the marketplace that potential customers are going to relate to, paying attention to the element of voice is really important. Exactly. You would not talk to a, I hope you would not talk to a six-year-old child 
the same way that you would talk to your doctor, let's say, or that your doctor would talk to you. You don't want to be talked to by your doctor like you were a six-year-old child, right? That's insulting. Absolutely. But you do want to be spoken to in a way that's understandable for you, but without dumbing it down, that gives you practical advice. And if someone doesn't do those things, if your doctor doesn't do those things, they have a bad bedside manner, you're not going to want to do business with them. And that's really the same thing that we're talking about with blogging and writing. So as you're um, starting to do this, I think I think it's important to sort of step back before you start putting pen to paper and really think about what do you want to sound like. When I started writing for Roundpeg, and I go back every now and then and read those early blog posts and those early emails, I kind of cringe. Mm-hmm. Because coming out of corporate, I had an idea in my head how I needed to sound. <laughs> A I, lot of people have that problem. I thought I needed to sound very, very professional. And it isn't... It wasn't until much later as I was reading lots of other people's writing and realizing the writing I enjoyed reading was the, uh, the voice and the, the style that reminded me exactly of who the person was in person. Exactly. Now, this is not to say you should write the way that you talk. Uh, the written word and the spoken word are very, very different things. Not all writers are good speech writers because they can't make that leap. So people who say, well, I just try to write the way I talk, you're doing it wrong, stop it. What you want to do is you want to capture the essence of what it's like to talk to you, not exactly the words that you use. So if you're a very warm, fuzzy person, you want to convey that. If you're not, and God knows I'm not, it's okay to keep a bit more reserved, snarky, whatever you want your tone to be. It's okay to have that. That way people really understand what to expect when they make the leap to working with you. And it's not just individuals. While each of us individually at Roundpeg has our own writing style, mm-hmm. and it is very different, there are certain parameters that are consistent typically across the board. There's the one outlier post that maybe is a little different, mm-hmm. but in general, none of us drift to the very academic. No. None of us drift to... Um, very authoritative. For instance, I'll go in and remove contractions um, just to keep things uh, a bit more conversational. Um, I'll go in and remove exclamation marks so that it doesn't get too excited on the other uh, extreme of the spectrum. There's just a very certain range that the overall voice of the blog falls into while there's variety across the spectrum of writers. Yeah. Peter is probably the only member of the team who will start with a comparison of pingbacks and wombats. They're very similar when you think about it. Absolutely. I'm sure I missed the connection the first time, but we're going to go with it. Um, But, you know, his style, he'll go a little bit more obscure, and you'll immediately know it's Peter who's writing, but it does still sound like Rampag. Yes. Jenna uh, Jenna writes, uh, if you've ever talked to Jenna versus read her blog post, many of them sound very much like her. They keep uh, just a very sly, sarcastic tone to them, um, while still having a very great depth of knowledge in her areas of expertise, graphic design, really anything having to deal with aesthetics of any kind. Um, So everyone has freedom within the voice to be themselves, but it all sounds like one coherent part of a whole. So as you're looking at this and... Um, the bigger a company gets, I think the more formalized some of those conversations need to be. Um, when I was in Katsiko, we had, I think, um, much much more formal guidelines for a very big corporation. We had a very fun voice. Mm-hmm. 
we had decided um, our target was Middle America. Mm -hmm. We were trying to be relevant for the percent of the population that wasn't on Easy Street, mm -hmm. that was working for a living and working hard. And so there were very clear guidelines about certain words we just weren't going to use. We wanted to avoid things that sounded pretentious or just a little too smart. Could you give us an example? We didn't use anything that ended in I-Z-E. We didn't gonna utilize. We or... didn't maximize. <laughs> we used mm -hmm. and we made. And and it it sounds silly, mm -hmm. but when you read those two sentences, I used this pen to make the most mm -hmm. of whatever I was doing, or I utilized this batter to maximize the taste of my cupcake. Sounds delicious. Sounds delicious and awfully pretentious. <laughs> and so that was that was part of it. There were also um, guidelines on images we wouldn't would and wouldn't use. And we actually had pictures around the office mm -hmm. um, that had lines through them mm -hmm. to remind people of what we were and what we weren't. And I think that you know, as you're building out your voice, that helps the people that um, are going to help execute it. Absolutely, but I, I don't want you to think that just because you're in a large company doesn't mean that you can't have a fun ride voice if that's what suits you. So for instance, let's go to Zappos for an example. They've kept a very fun, very colloquial term about themselves even though they're now a very large company. Um, we could also look... But let, let's yeah. look at Zappos for a minute. Yeah. Part of how they execute that very light, fun tone, I guarantee you they have brand guidelines yeah. For their writers and say, these phrases are good, these are bad, stay in this ballpark and right. you'll be fine. Right, and so, you know, as you do grow, for instance, here at Roundpeg, I'll be honest with you, we don't have formalized written brand guidelines. I'm the brand guidelines, more or less. Um, with input from Lorraine and input from the rest of the team, but more or less it's just kind of judgment calls. And I have certain standards that I know, but they're not written down. As you grow and as there's more than one person managing the voice, that's when you really want to come to a time where you want to standardize those, get them in writing, put those pictures with the cross marks around, just so everyone's on the same page. But you know what? Even if this is just your company, mm -hmm. um, even if it's just you and you're the only one writing for your brand, I think taking an afternoon mm -hmm. and thinking about what do you want to sound mm -hmm. like is hugely valuable. It'll, it'll affect how you put things on Twitter, what you say on Facebook, um, what, what kind of information you share, and, and what your newsletters sound like. Too few people really understand who their company is. And I say who their company is and not what their company is, because a company is made up of people. And the attitudes and beliefs of those people infiltrate every part of a company. If you hire people with us, you hire every company hires for certain attributes, right? Zappos, great customer service, perky, cheerful. Those are the things that they value. At Roundpeg, we value curiosity, passion. Those are the things that... And a little bit of snark. Well, yes. You can't survive here without a little bit of snark. You'd be eaten alive. But every company hires, naturally selects for, and fosters those attributes. And without those that's really where you fall into problems. So I think it can really help your entire business if you take the time to figure out who your company is. The other side of that, and equally important as you're thinking about your voice, is who is your customer, and it is, is who is your customer, not just who you are, 
but who your customer is. Um, I think that it's important to start with who you are and not who your customer is. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you, uh, yes, I'm saying that this is step two, okay? So you know who you are, you kind of know what you're about. Now start thinking about your customer. And this is actually what started the conversation about what up, mm -hmm. is I was looking at um, a number of print ads by Axe. And this I, is Axe Body Axe Spray. Body Spray. And I think, in general, I have a lot of respect for their marketing department. Even though when I read some of the content, I wonder if it was written by a frat boy, I actually know it's not. I know that it's written by people that really spent time getting inside the head of their customer. Mm -hmm. Their Facebook posts are peppered with phrases like, dude, what up? Which would sound ridiculous if they were on a round peg. I mean, this is not how I talk. Uh, correct. You have your own colorful colloquialisms, but those are usually not among them. One of the issues I had when I was actually writing a blog post on them, I didn't want to feature that particular example because that is some advanced level stuff. Their voice is one of the most difficult parts of writing. It's actually funny, I, w I recently moved and I was going through some old papers. I actually found a letter of recommendation from my junior high school English teacher. And she said, this is, this is not intended to like wave my own flag, she said, Allison has one of the rarest things in writing and that is a voice. It's not something you have naturally. It has to be cultivated. And I didn't want to talk about this dude and what up and this bro language because that is like expert masterclass stuff. It's very, very easy to sound like a complete freaking moron if or, you don't know what you're doing. Or worse yet, somebody's high school English teacher who's trying to pretend he's still hanging with the kids. Oh yeah, you gotta love that, showing that he's still hip and still with it when he is neither. Yes. Yeah. And so um, I think that whatever your market segment is, and I, and I use Axe because I think they have consistently targeted an audience and spoke to that audience with a clear, consistent message in language and tone that is relevant for that audience, and they don't care that the rest of us really can't communicate with them that way. Well, the other thing is they carry that voice through every aspect of the, pro of the pro product. It carries through on the packaging, it carries through to the commercials, it carries through to the way the freaking stuff smells, which is pretty foul. <laughs> It is not a front that they put on in an effort to look cool. It is a part of who they are. And if it was not so deeply ingrained, even if they had someone who was fluent in bro, it was still going to come off as fake and false. But they've integrated the voice into the fabric of the brand, and that's why it succeeds for those people it succeeds for. Absolutely. Um, I think... It's an interesting model to look at. Um, another example, and you used this in one of your presentations, and I love it, is Sue the T-Rex. Sue the T-Rex. Sue the T-Rex is a Virgo, and she's also the world's greatest apex predator. Um, you can find her at the Field Museum in Chicago. And while the museum does have a, an at Field Museum Twitter account, Sue has her own dedicated Twitter account. That is hilarious. And part of it, and the reason I bring Sue up on the heels of Axe, is quite honestly, both of these communities, or both of these products, are targeting um, a younger community. The Field Museum is trying to re-engage um, young 
a younger audience, 20 to 30, people who probably have not been there since they went on their fourth grade field museum trip. It's trying to cultivate these people later to become the next generation of big level donors once all the baby boomers are gone. Or are no longer writing those big checks. And it's interesting because she is very funny, mm -hmm. she's a little snarky, but her voice is totally different. Even though she's talking to a lot of the same audience, it is, it's, it is subtle. Um, her, after St. Patrick's Day tweet, sharing, uh, suggesting that people come because museums are quiet places with lots of water fountains. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely for a different audience. It's definitely fun. She's very tied into current events. She loves to share stuff about Jurassic Park. She loves to share stuff about newest finds and dinosaurs. Um, those sorts of things. She's just very funny and speaks to a different audience and accomplishes what she does very well while still being true to the core mission of the museum, which is education, and in her case, education about dinosaurs. And um, she earns the right mm -hmm. to be informative because she um, is endearing. Yes. And her, and her voice is endearing. So, your assignment, if you're listening out there, between now and next week's podcast, take a look at your voice. Mm -hmm. Read some of the things you've written out loud. Do they sound like you? Do they sound the way you want to be heard? And if not, it's time to figure out why. This has been a lot of fun. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed today's program. If you've got a suggestion for a topic that you'd like us to cover on an upcoming episode, we're really trying to keep the conversation focused around marketing and networking, social media, and just about anything else that strikes our fancy on a given day or week. Thanks for joining us. This is Lorraine. And Allison. This is another episode of More Than A Few Words. We'll be back next week.